I'll be reading John chapter 5, verses 36 through 38. But I have greater witness than that of John, for the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do, bear witness of me that the Father hath sent me, and the Father himself which hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. And ye have not his word abiding in you, for whom he hath sent him ye believe not. Good to see everybody this morning. Good to have visitors with us. We're glad that you're here. I know the last few weeks we've been looking at repentance and forgiveness. Excellent subjects. Because it's Friends and Family Day, and I kept getting deeper and deeper, I thought I would start at something that was a good focus for us. On Thursdays, we've been having a Bible study, and we've been in the Gospel of John. And in that Gospel of John, we've been looking at Jesus. And a lot of people say the Gospel of John is their favorite gospel. And as you dive into it and you look at it, in fact, many people say that's their favorite book of the Bible. Why is that? John says, I write these things so that you may believe. And that's so very true. When we read this and when we read the Gospel of John, we're very much encouraged by it. So we're going to look this morning at why Jesus says you should believe in him to strengthen our faith. I think this is very fitting for all of us, even those who are very mature in their faith, to be able to, again, listen to Christ. A lot of reasons, a lot of things, a lot of ideas we can come up to with why we believe. And some people get bogged down on maybe what they would consider scientific arguments and uh, maybe in arguments of philosophy. I think the best arguments to go to, the best biblical plea, is Jesus himself. What does the Bible say? Why believe Jesus according to Jesus? This is the nature of what we see today. Every ideology, everybody who's thought they've had an epiphany or a dream, they take this ideology and they spread it throughout the world. They tell the world. It's their own personal foundation. It's something they say that they had. In fact, you can look at different religions today. You can look at Islam and others, how they are founded upon a man who said he had different visions and heard different things. Nobody else heard them or saw them. Different cults have risen in that way. The Christian faith is totally different from that. In the Christian faith, various people saw Jesus. They saw him teaching. They saw him serving. They saw him executing. In fact, even critical scholars today admit that the number one fact in ancient history that is proved beyond a fact is that Jesus lived and that Pontius Pilate executed him. And at the very foundation of the church and why it's existed is because those people went around telling everybody that they experienced and saw Jesus risen from the dead. No other faith is like that. None other faith has such claims like that to eyewitnesses. And those eyewitnesses to these things, what they experienced, they went and told the world. And the basis of our faith is in that. Now, a lot of people, when we believe and say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and I believe He's the Messiah, Most of us, it's it's a lot simpler than that. Of all the different evidences and reasoning that you can think of, many of us, it's simply going back and reading the Bible and reading the words of Jesus. I know that in times of my life when I struggle the most with my faith and what I believe, I simply look around and think, is what I'm being told true? Is atheism true? Are, Are there faults in the Bible And I go back and I open my Bible and I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, specifically John. And when I hear the words of Jesus said, I know that man. I believe in that man. And every time I read them, I felt encouraged by his character. I know who I believe in. 
The question is, is that a valid way to believe in God? Yes, it is. Listen to what Jesus said in John 7, 16 to 17. It's a valid way to believe in Jesus. And this is what John said. So Jesus answered them, my teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I'm speaking on my own authority. In other words, if you want to know God and you want to know his will, when you listen to Christ, you can have the affirmation, the confirmation that he is the son of God. Jesus said other things to those who are around him, to the Jews who opposed him. He said this in John 8 and verse 28. He says, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, in other words, when you have crucified him, then you will know that I am he. It's very true. Those who were at the cross saw this with the earthquake and the sun being darkened. In fact, there is a, a writer who is a benefactor to Herod named Thallus. In AD 50, he wrote a writing trying to explain away the darkness that came on the earth when Jesus was crucified. There's a lot of historical evidence behind that event. So you got to wonder about that. Why is that? So if you were there and you saw those things, you might be like the centurion right next to Christ said, truly, this man is the Son of God. And in John 8 and verse 20, Jesus says, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, you will know that I am and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. In fact, throughout the book of Acts, we see great numbers of Pharisees converting and becoming Christians and following Christ because of the gospel, because of the things that were happening there in Jerusalem and what the apostles were proclaiming. Most people find, you know, a lot of us think we're a good judge of character, right? And so as we judge character and we look at Christ, most of us come to, as believers, have reached that conclusion, this is the man I should follow. This is the Messiah. And especially when we, we find ourselves a good judge of character when we're closer to somebody. The more we get to know them, the more that we're around them, and the more that you know Christ and you read his words and you study him and you think about the things that he says and how it applies to your life, the more you're compelled to give up everything, take up your cross, and follow him. I think some people today would say this, you know, is Jesus too good to be true. Oh, we read the Scriptures, and you take a look at Him. He's easy to relate to, to understand, to follow. You see that He's tough on the hypocrites, and yet He's loving and merciful to all and, ur and urging everyone to come to repentance and faith in Him. Oh, it's not too good to be true. Jesus is too real we can that we can even think of denying Him. He must be true. And when we read the words of Christ, we should be compelled by the things that he says. Now, Jesus said many other, and he gave many other reasons to believe in him. And in John chapter 5, an example of this, this is where Garrett was reading for us. If you have your Bible, open it with me in John chapter 5. And here's what you can observe right from the text. These are the evidences that Jesus gives for us believing in him. He says this, number one, if you don't believe me, believe these other things. And I think that's fascinating. In other words, if you don't believe me, believe the witnesses, believe the evidence, believe the proof, and then you'll believe in me. He says, believe John the Baptist. John the Baptist existed. He proclaimed the gospel. He pointed to Jesus, said he was the Lamb of God and the Messiah. And the Pharisees at that time and the Jews believed that. Jesus said this, believe the miraculous signs that I do, the signs that I do, and know that they are from God the Father. That's what Christ taught. If you believe the signs, and recognize where they came from, you would believe in me. 
And then Jesus said this, believe the scriptures, especially Moses' writings. Believe the prophecies and how Moses even prophesied of a greater prophet than him who was coming in Deuteronomy chapter 18, which Christ fulfilled. These are the evidences that come from Christ. These are the things that he says why you should believe in him. I don't think there's something we should take lightly. Someone might look at these scriptures and they might think, well, I believe for this reason and that. And you might have your personal reasons, your own convictions of why you believe. But I also want to make sure, number one, that I'm believing because of the way Christ teaches me to believe and by the evidence that he has given me to believe. So look with me here in John chapter 5, and let's look in verse 32 and following. In fact, there's much to the text. You could read 30 through 47 and get the full context there. He says, There is another who bears witness about me, and I know that the testimony he bears about me is true. You sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth, not that the testimony that I receive from man, but I say these things so that you may be saved. I'm trying to persuade you. You sent to John, believe him and what he said. He says in verse 35, he was a burning and shining lamp, and you are willing to rejoice a while in his light. But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. So now Jesus is saying there's even greater testimony, greater evidence here than that of John. He says, for the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I'm doing, bear witness about me that the Father has sent me, the signs that I've done. Verse 37, and the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me, and his voice you have never heard, and his form you have never seen. I'm going to keep reading here. He says, And you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. In other words, the reason you're not believing is because you don't accept the word. You don't want to. He says, You search the scriptures and think that in them you have eternal life. It is in them that they bear witness about me. Yet you refuse... You refuse to come to me that you may have life, and I do not receive glory from the people. But I know that you do not have the love of Christ within you. I have come in my Father's name, and you did not receive me. If another comes in my name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? When you're seeking God and his glory, then you'll believe in Christ. And then Christ says this, do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There's one who accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believe Moses, you will also believe me, for he wrote of me. And if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? And Jesus pleaded with the Jews in the first century. He said, believe. Believe in John the Baptist. Believe in the miraculous signs and know where they came from. Believe in the scriptures and the writings of Moses. Those are the things in which Christ says for us to believe. Other things that we might think about. When we think about the miracles. How today can I rely on the miracles? How can I look at the miracles that Jesus did and I'll read about them in the Scripture and be able to know that those are true and to affirm that they're real? I think we think about a lot of things. The scenario of having a great following after you. If you have people following you, that requires you giving something to them. Having a message that has a purpose to it that is persuasive to them. And I think about Jesus and those multitudes that followed him. Why were they following him? What was he giving to them? The Bible says he was doing miracles and healing them. That's why the crowds were following him. Here are some things that stand out based upon what Jesus has said. Other things in Scripture we see very clearly. We see this. The Jewish Scriptures describe the Messianic age. And it says it's going to be a time of healing when the blind will receive sight, when the lame will be able to walk. 
That's the age, and Jesus comes in that, and he quotes these scriptures, and he refers to them himself. He makes the claim himself. In fact, we see that in Mark. We see Jesus claiming, sincerely claimed, and as he did miracles and did wonderful things and healings, and those who saw him claimed the same about him. Jesus' opponents recognized that Jesus did miracles. Even those who were opposed to him in Mark chapter 16 and Matthew chapter 28, you have the Pharisees in them seeing the signs that he did. And John chapter 9, seeing that he healed a blind man, and so they wanted to accuse him of sinning because he, he was working on the Sabbath. They still recognized that he did the miracles. In Matthew chapter 28, one of the accusations against Jesus was regarding his nature in the resurrection. And they said, well, this man said that he would rise on the third day. And so they placed a stone and they sealed it. And even the critical scholars admit, you know, this is what happened. The critics of the Bible, they say even the historians will admit that Jesus said that he was going to rise from the dead, that his opponents, that his tomb was found empty, that various people, hundreds of them, saw Jesus risen from the dead. And that's what started the church. Even the opponents recognized that Jesus did miracles. And then again, we affirm various people believe that they saw Jesus rise from the dead. Even opponents like James and Paul, all of them affirming the miracles of Christ. And again, telling us reasons and affirming to us reasons why we can believe the miracles today. And there's still evidence as Jesus has presented. Is the appeal to miracles for faith in Jesus applicable today? think we see that it is. It's still true. You still got to wonder how so many hundreds of people have seen these things, thousands of people being healed, and the evidence accumulates that Jesus was fulfilling prophecy, healing and doing great things. Some would say today, I don't believe in miracles because I don't believe in supernatural things. They might not have any much evidence behind that. The truth is, philosophically, Logically, reasonably, biblically, if God exists, miracles exist. If God exists, he's a supernatural being and he can act in supernatural ways. He's going to do wonders. The truth is, is when we look around at creation, we see the effects of miracles. When we read prophecies and predictions of things to come and they're fulfilled right out of the Bible, we see the miracles and we know that they're true. They're right there in front of us. We see the effects of those miracles. And the Bible tells us today that we are without excuse for not believing in God and not believing in Christ. And we can look at creation and we can see God's divine power. We can see his handiwork. We can see what he's done. We look at the order of things. And some today will try to use logic and reasoning and say, I don't want to believe in God. But where does logic come from? Where does the process of thinking come from? Did it exist before men? Where do those laws come from? To be able to reason in the first place and to think about God and about the Creator and to look at the order of the universe and to say, oh, these things are random, and yet there's an order to them. Those things are to compel us, so simple things to think about. Why would someone not believe in Christ? Why would somebody not believe in Him after looking at His character? I want you to look with me now. I want to take some observations from John chapter 8. John 8, again, these are the words of Christ. Look in verses 41 to 44. In John 8, uh, Jesus pointed to a person's works to see who their spiritual father is. Who is the source of who they are? Why do they do the things that they do? Who is influencing them? And we're going to read those in a minute. 
Jesus also said this. He said, the Jews claimed Abraham as their father, but then they don't listen to God, therefore indicating that Abraham's not their father because Abraham would listen to God. And Jesus points it out to them. These Jews did the work of their father, the devil. The things they did were wickedness. The things they did were about murder and lies and skewing the truth. Those are the things, the attributes of the devil. And Jesus brings those things out. Their father, the devil, did not stand for truth, but he was a murderer and a liar from the very beginning. He lied to Eve, and he brought death and murder upon all of humanity by who he is. Look with me here in John 8, and let's read from Jesus' words, 41 to 44. Jesus says, You are doing the works of your father. They said to him, We were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. And Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It's because you cannot bear to hear my word. You can't bear it. You don't want it. Look at verse 44. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Jesus can be very blunt and forward, simply saying the reason you don't believe is demonstrated by your works. You'd rather believe in lies. You'd rather believe in what will murder someone eternally and separate them from God. You cannot bear the words that I'm saying to you. You don't want them. When we think about unbelief, it has to do with our heart and our conviction the source of truth, who we're going to rely on and listen to. Jesus went on and he said this in John 8, 45 to 47. He says, Because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? If I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. That's the reality. When we think about the lack of belief, We need to listen to the words of Christ, examine our hearts. Jesus said in John 3, he said, you know, the reason that people hate me and don't come to me is because they don't want to come to the light. It's because they love the darkness and they love evil and they love sin too much and they don't want their deeds exposed. And we examine ourselves in our struggle with our faith. We see what is behind it. It is a heart that needs to change. The truth is, as Christians and the churches of Christ, we believe the works of Christ. If we really believe them, we're going to manifest them and show them in our character and our behavior. Therefore, our works must not compromise that Jesus is the Christ. It must not give up or deny that Jesus' Father is God Almighty in heaven. This morning, we can believe because of the things that Jesus said to believe. He says, listen to John the Baptist. Listen to the Scriptures. Listen to things that have been written. Look at the miracles and wonder why this man was so influential on history. Wonder about the character of Christ. How Jesus said in John 8 and 28, that when I'm lifted up, then you will know that I am the Christ. And why Jesus said, if you desire to do God's will, you will know the things that I'm teaching are not from me, but they're from the Father in heaven. And that's why we believe. And that's why we profess the gospel. Because we believe in the way of which Christ tells us to believe. God help us to do that further. As Christians, we have every confidence to stand up and say, I believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And the world tells us to be quiet. We won't. We're going to proclaim the gospel. We're going to live the Christian life. And we're not going to be moved. This morning I plead with you. 
Believe in the words of Christ. Listen to what he says. Consider your heart. Do you believe Jesus' works? Jesus said in John 8, verse 24, I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. You've got to believe. You've got to put your faith truly in him. Do your works demonstrate that you believe in Christ? Well, you can start right here. Jesus said in John 3 and verse 5, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. This morning, if you want to become a Christian, you believe in it, you'll confess the faith that Jesus rose from the dead, that he is the Lord. Having confessed that faith and repenting of your sins, you can be washed in the waters of baptism, rise up and be reborn through water in the Holy Spirit into a new life. You need to obey that gospel, do it this morning. You need prayers, you need encouragement. We want to pray with you. We encourage you to come right now while we stand and while we sing. Please come.